Hello. Back again on popular demand. Um, so, just going to start by praying. Um, Lord God, we thank you that we can all be here today. And I pray that what I say comes from you. I pray that none of it is my own, but it is a message that speaks to the people in this place. Amen. So, I'm going to be focusing on Abraham and uh, his life with God. And um, uh, have we got... Yeah, so, so who was Abraham? Abraham was great, 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 great grandson of Noah. And Noah was the flood guy, as we know. Um, so that's eight greats, for those of you who don't like repetition. I've said great a lot now. And um, he came from a family long associated and trusting um, in God. So he, he was brought up knowing about this, this God fellow. And... Um, he was a man, just like us, and uh, the first time it says in the Bible, when uh, God spoke to him, he was an old man. Well, sort of not that old back then. He was 75. That's not old. Um, and the Lord, it says in Genesis 12, chapter 1, you can look now, um, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. So the first thing I want to pull out from there is... The Lord said to Abraham, the, the Lord didn't speak in a cloud of fire over a volcanic eruption while riding a dragon. The Lord said to Abraham, he's just a normal bloke talking, well, yeah, normal bloke as far as the God of the universe can be, talking to another normal bloke. And um, I, I just find it brilliant that, I, well, it wasn't Abraham back then, it was Abram and uh, he just had a normal conversation um, with God, which is brilliant. So he tells him to leave and go on his way to this place that he'll show you. So um, the first thing I'm really amazed by on Abraham's side is that uh, he does it. He says, yeah, all right then, I'll, uh, I'll go. Um, so he takes with him his wife and his nephew and um, all his possessions all um, his servants, ev- everyone in his household, and they go, just go off walking. So um, it, for a start, it's pretty brave. If I was told to do that, I'd chicken out probably. I, I'd, I'd um, say, oh, but I've got all this. I've got church. Oh, I'd make some excuse that I need to be here. Um, and I probably would worm my way out of it because it's a scary thing to just leave, leave everything and just take what's close to you and go. So off he goes into the unknown. And time passes and bits happen. And if you want more, read Genesis because that will fill you in. And um, Abraham stayed obedient to God. And obedient is that word I want to look at. And he did what God asked him to do. And um, he just carried on following God and saying he was going to do and actively doing what God wanted him to do. So he's off in the wild and um, he's with his nephew, Lot, and his nephew ends up being captured. So I bet Abraham's thinking, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You've told me to go. I've gone. I've taken him with me. Now he's captured. This is your fault. This, like You told me to do this and I did it. And now look what's happened. My nephew's captured by some mean, mean folk um, who capture people. And um, 
what Abraham does um, is another brave thing. And he goes, he gathers all his men, and, uh, which is, is a lot of men. Um, and um, they go to rescue Lot. And um, he ends up rescuing him and quite a few others as well. And um, he comes back. And um, he hears from God again. And just after that bit in Genesis, um, it says, when he, God first spoke to him, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will make you many nations. And then when God speaks to him again, this time he reaffirms this promise that he said to Abraham, and which is a really good point to do, because Abraham's probably thinking, Oh, what am I doing here? Shall I just go back? My nephew's been captured. I've got him back now. I don't want that to happen again. I don't know what's going to happen. God hasn't spoke to me. But then God comes to him and says, this is going to happen. You'll have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And um, at this point, Abraham is, you'd be perfectly right in saying he was mad to um, trust in that because he was past 75 and looking back, most of his ancestors had had children before the age of 35. So it, it's pretty a, a testament to Abraham's trust that he still carried on believing. So more things happen. See Genesis. And um, Abraham and his wife try to rush their baby because he doesn't have a child by now. So they try to rush. So his wife gives him one of her servant girls. And Abraham and the servant girl make a baby, as you know how that's done. And then the stork came and dropped him through the chimney and so and so. And um, they did that to rush the promise that God had made. They thought, oh, I know how it's going to happen. This is going to happen because my wife's a bit old now. And, you know, it's, yeah, she's past the the ring in the stork point. And... um, more, more time passed, and um, so this a year later, as it happens, um, Abraham has a baby now called Ishmael, and um, it's not the baby with his wife; it's the baby with his servant. So more happens, and then God comes to Abe and says, "I'm changing your name from Abraham to Abraham." So there's Ham in there as well, um, and um, his wife Sarai to Sarah, and this is proof of my promise, and you will have a son as I promised. And uh, Abraham, as I can now say, is um, at this point, I'm, he's probably like, I'm getting old. Um, let me see, how old was Abraham at this point? Right, he was 100, and Sarah was 90 at this point, which is like, I'm way too old. I might die or something, even if we try. Um, so the the possibility of a baby is like really out of the question for him. They're really old, but God said, no, you're having a son. This is going to happen because this is what I've promised. And you need to be continually be obedient to me and trust that this is going to happen. And um, spoiler alert, I have a baby. Um, so they have, they, um, Sarah laughed when she heard that she's going to have a baby. So God said... You'll cause him Isaac, um, which roughly means laughter or to laugh. And um, they have a baby a year later, and um, 
Sarah gets jealous that Abraham's other baby is now way older than her baby. And um, he doesn't want him to have everything that her baby should have. And um, she says to Abraham, I want him sent away. I don't, I, no more Ishmael. It's all about Isaac now. And um, that must be tough for Abraham. He's got his first son with his servant girl. And then he's, I'm going to say, legitimate son with his wife. And um, his wife is Satan. Send him away. So Abraham prays about it. And God speaks to him and says, don't worry about it. It's fine. Trust me. I've got this. Um, You send him off and he'll be fine. And he'll have descendants and descendants and descendants. And it will keep going because I said it will. So Abraham is obedient again, um, amazingly, and sends him off on this promise that he'll be okay. So then we're just left with Isaac. And more stuff happens. Um, See Genesis. And... um, God asks Abraham for a sacrifice because that's what they did in those days. Um, as an atonement sin, and he, he says to Abraham, I want this sacrifice. And um, Abraham's gone through all this rigmarole. He's left his um, country, his parents. Um, he's gone traveling. His nephew's been stolen. He stole him back. Um, he had a baby. He sent the baby away. He's got, now he's got Isaac. He's got his son. And God says to him, that's the sacrifice. That's the sacrifice that you need to make. And at this point, I'm just like, whoa. When, when I first read the Bible, I was like, he did what? He said what? What? That's not the God they talk about. That's, who is this man? He's going to do what? So um, what does Abraham do? He's always turned out good that he's followed God and he's got all these promises so logic says, follow God, but then logic says at the science time, that is my only son. The, that is a human being, that is a baby and my son. But Abraham does the scary thing and he obeys God. And um, off he goes um, to obey God, taking his son with him. And um, at this point, he's got to think, right, what's going through his head? It's hard, it's so hard to follow God sometimes but it's so ultimately worth it because that is the best way forward. There's, there's, we see loads of things like I would be so happy for my parents to walk into church and just to give their lives and stay here forever. And there we go, job done. It's not working that way because God's got a better path and I trust that and that's going to happen in his time because it will be perfect that way. And there are things that I can't see that could cause problems. So Abraham's doing the scary thing, and he's taking his son with him. And thinking about it, he gets there, and Abraham's there, ready, and his son, and he's got the sacrifice, and he's about to do the deed. And then God says, Abraham, stop. And at that point, at first I'm like, oh, thank you. You could have alluded to that earlier. That was a whole scary read. I thought this was going to happen and it was going to be horrible. And But then thinking about it and looking back, he was in no danger at all. But Abraham didn't know that because he got there 
and God told him to stop and he wasn't going to let it happen. Because he said yes, he wasn't going to let it happen. If Abraham had said no, it still wouldn't have happened. So it was testing Abraham's trust and obedience. And either way, Isaac wasn't going to be harmed. And I was like, oh, that was clever. I mean, that was terrifying and horrible for Abraham. But it was the most testing way that he could know Abraham's faithfulness to him. And then Abraham stopped and Isaac's there. And I imagine he cuts him loose because he's probably tied up because he's not going to do this willingly. And um, then there's a lamb. There's a lamb in a bush near them. And a lamb is a brilliant sacrifice. And God has, I, God has provided a sacrifice for this situation. God already had it covered. He had this planned out. He knew what was going to happen. And he's provided a sacrifice to Abraham for that situation in the form of a lamb. And he does it again. And sometimes we can just say it and then not just think about it and realize it. But he does it again. Um, can we look at 1 John 29, please? Yeah, he does it again. And he say, um, through Jesus, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And it says in 1 John, the next day, John saw Jesus coming. And he said, look, the Lamb of God, he takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus is represented in this bit as this lamb, this sacrificial lamb. And he is, and that, that's what he was. It was the ultimate lamb so that we don't have to get lambs anymore. We don't need to get lambs and sacrifice them. We don't need to do all those things because Jesus did it. And he took that upon himself for us so that we are clean. And that's amazing. So Abraham is exceptionally obedient and does all this stuff. But why? Why have we come to this point where we are now? Why are we here? We're tired. We're looking at the clock and it's almost dinner time and we're getting hungry. Or is that just me? And then um, I I read this to serve a point that Abraham was faithful throughout he remained obedient and faithful to God. And through his obedience and his faithfulness, it was that Abraham did have descendants as numerous as the sky. It was that Abraham did have this amazing life with God. And there, there was a time... For me personally, I mean, there has been many times when I have thought I need to do this and I don't want to do it. And I think sometimes I even think, oh, that's the right thing to do. And I still don't want to do it. And sometimes God's telling me to do it. And I, just, I really don't want to do it. But nine out of ten times, I strive to do it because I know it is going to be the best thing at the end of the day. I can't see what's going to happen. When I first started coming to church, I got so much stick off my friends from coming to church. It, it was, oh, you've been Bible bashing again. Oh, how's church? I'm like, oh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Thanks. How's church isn't really offensive. Um, and, and then they, they go on about it. Even at first, my family didn't understand. 
and it was hard. It was hurtful that they, they didn't understand. And I considered, is this the best way forward for me? Is going to church the best way forward if it's going to cause this between my friends and my family? But I was coming and hearing these messages and I was like, that's for me, that is. That is what I needed to hear. And knew that it it was, at the time, it was so strange to me, such a foreign concept that God would speak to someone. But I knew that it was God telling me that I needed to be here. And I mean, look at where I am now. I'm, I have a great life. I'm happy and content and this is a family. And I couldn't be better off. So it worked out for the best, even though I didn't see it. And my family have come to church, and my friends have come to church. And it's amazing how God has worked in that situation in a way I never thought he could. And it all stems from obedience. It's hard to be obedient. It's hard to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow you wherever. We sing it in songs. I'll follow you wherever you go to the ends of the earth. And will you? Would you do that? I'd think about it. Think twice about it. But would I do it? And my message here is, how obedient are you? And I'll I'll put my hands up. I could be so much more obedient. There are things that just... I'm I'm awful for doing, and um, I can always strive harder to be that obedience, and it's pushing towards God and trying to do what he's asking of you that will get you into those good places. Trust him and be obedient. Thanks.